Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Thank you, Amber. One of the things I like about the daylight savings time is with that extra hour of daylight, it melts the snow so much faster than were we not to change the time. So I'm excited about that. Um, the last two weeks I have preached on stewardship. Every, at the beginning of every year I preach on stewardship. And I have two more messages that I want to preach on stewardship. But that conflicts with something else I want to do, which is the beginning of each month this year, focus on our theme, follow me. So that's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to preach this morning on follow me. And then, of course, next week, Dr. Carl Herbster will be with us. And that means I'm just going to postpone these last two messages on stewardship till the following two weeks after Brother Herbster, because that is such an important topic, stewardship. It affects every one of us, and it's so important that we get that right. This morning, we're going to focus on follow me, and we're going to ask the question, and we've asked the same question in a previous message. In a previous message, we asked the question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And we explained in that message Here's what it is to follow Jesus. This is what you you have to do, okay? This morning's message, although the same title, is really different in that we're going to explain why. Why you should. You see, in any church service, of any church, anywhere, there are faithful, committed people that are in the game. By that I mean not only do they attend but some of them will teach Sunday school, others will be involved in, in the, the bus or van ministry, others will be involved as an usher, others will be involved in uh, the nursery, uh, cleaning the church. There are those people that attend and then they go beyond that, they, they serve. But also in just about every church, there are people that show up occasionally. They're, they're just not there yet. They, they show up occasionally. And I'm glad. If you're one of those, I'm glad you show up occasionally. I'm not trying to discourage you. Please keep showing up. And then there are others that show up more than occasionally. They're, they're pretty faithful. They, they show up weekly for at least one service. And again, I'm glad that you're here for that one service. But what I want to do today, though, is encourage you from God's word to go beyond that. One, because we need you. And two, it'll be a blessing to you. So this morning, we're going to be preaching about why follow me. Really, that would be a better title. Why should you follow? And I'm hoping that when we take the verse of Scripture that we're going to dissect this morning, you will see that you don't want to miss out on that. For those of you that are just in the bleachers, you show up on Sunday morning, keep showing up on Sunday morning. Okay, we don't want to discourage that, but I'm hoping that along the way that you'll move from the bleachers down to the playing field because that's where the victories are won. 
That's where things are at stake. And this should be a compliment to you. We can use you. We, we, we need you. And you have some giftedness that you can contribute. This whole idea of follow me started when I was watching a video by Oz Guinness. He is a, I guess you'd call him a Christian philosopher, a Christian apologist, if you will. And at the beginning of one of his messages, he said, he made this statement, I've been following Jesus for, I forget the number, 50 years. Okay, he's probably older than me. He made that statement, I've been following Jesus for 50 years, and I've told you that that really struck me because I've never heard anybody say that. I've heard people say, I've been saved. I've been born again. You know, I'm a Christian. But to hear somebody say, I've been following Jesus, to me, that implies something greater, something more significant. To me, it implies a commitment. It implies a dedication. And thus, I thought, you know what? We need to focus on that. And I started looking in the Bible for verses. Did, is that what Jesus taught? And come to find out, if any man will come, these are his words. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I want us to look this morning at one verse in John chapter 12, verse number 6, where we find those words again, follow me. In John chapter 12, verse number 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. For those of you that I'm trying to get off the couch or out of the bleachers and into the game, this verse could be a game changer for you this morning. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we're going to really focus on one verse this morning. And Lord, we know that your word is powerful. Powerful enough that it can take good people that are basically in the bleachers, and we're grateful for that. But Lord, the convicting power of the word of God might possibly turn them into a Sunday school teacher, a van worker, someone helping keep the grounds neat and clean, someone working in the nursery, Lord. That's really what is implied here when it says, follow me. It's more than being a Christian. It's more than being born again. It is doing the work of Christianity. So, Lord, I pray that you would take this simple verse and apply it to hearts in this room. And, Lord, for those who are already serving you, and there are many in this room, may this serve to encourage them. There may be some that are discouraged. Uh, may this reinforce in them, Lord, uh, a zeal for you this morning. And, Lord, if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, I pray that you'd convict their heart today. And that through the preaching of the word of God, they would be saved. So, Lord, may the word of God come forth from this pulpit in a powerful way, affecting each and every heart in this room this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse number 26 again says, If any man serve me, let him follow me.
I would like to believe that every person in this room, I don't know, but I'd like to believe that every person in this room is born again, that you're a Christian, that you're saved. But can it be said of you that you are following him? That is a challenge for a lot of people. A lot of people are quick to be saved, and then the, the appeal goes out from the pulpit, but we need somebody to do this. Well, I can't do that. Well, how about this ministry here? Well, I can't do that. Well, what about this over here? Well, I don't want to commit to that. To be saved is one thing, but to follow him is something else. And I really believe the Lord wants to use me this year to challenge you to get off that couch, metaphorically speaking, and get into the game. And that can be a challenge for a lot of people. Charles Spurgeon acknowledged that. He was a preacher back in the late 1800s in London. He had a mega church back then. And he said this, and I quote, few men love service. You know, that was true then. It's still true today. He said, man prefers to be his own master, to do as he pleases according to his own sweet will. And like the winds, to be under no control whatever. All too often that is our human nature. And all too often that is the reason some people are just bleacher bums or, if you will, couch potatoes. Understand this, God does not force us to follow him or to serve him. Understand that. And that's why some people don't. It's optional. The verse we read says, if any man serve me. If. He, 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 you, you are not uh, dragged into slavery to serve the Lord. It's a choice you can make. You can, cho- you can choose to sit in the bleachers or you can choose to, to be in the game. Because it's optional to follow him in that sense, some Christians opt out. Now, why is that? Why isn't everybody in the game? I mean, I love being a Christian. I I love church. I love being at church. I was at church all yesterday morning. I go home for a few hours, and I told Sharon, she sees that I'm getting ready. I'm getting my stuff ready. She says, where are you going? I said, I'm going back to church. And I I love church. I love being here. I love ministry. I don't want to miss anything that goes on around here. And I find it hard to believe that not everybody's that way. I realize some people aren't saved, and some people that are saved are still growing, and they'll get there someday. But what concerns me are people that have been saved for a while, but yet they're more spectator than they are participant. I understand that. There's some some possible reasons that uh, they don't get involved, that they don't follow, that they don't serve like they should. These three came to mind as I was preparing the message. Number one, they think is restrictive. You know, if I commit myself to serving the Lord, you know, you got to be good. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you got to be on your toes. And, you know, they, they just see it as restrictive. And that's the reason some people go, I know if I start serving, they're going to, you know, they're gonna, there's going to be these expectations. So some people, I, I won't go there. Some people think they don't have the resolve. I'd love to, but I don't know that I have what it takes. You know, pastor, look at him. So articulate, so handsome, so brave. (laughs) I didn't hear one amen. (laughs) And humble, yeah. You know, but some people think, I, I just, 
you know, they, they really do. They look at people that have talent. There are some people that have talent. I'm not saying I do by any means. But there are people that have talent. Or gifts would be a better word. And they just don't think, they don't think they have anything to contribute. Or, number three, they think it isn't rewarding. You know, you're asking me, my life is busy enough already, and you're asking me to commit to something more? You know, is there anything in it for me? Uh, Yes, as a matter of fact, there is. There's a whole lot in it for you. I want us to look at this verse, this passage this morning, really it's one verse, that explains why serving Jesus or following him, you know, getting up and getting involved, there's a reason that that could be the best decision you've ever made. In fact, in that one verse, there's three great reasons. I'm trying to present you with some motivation. You know, for those of you that are already serving, motivation to keep serving and recommit yourself to, to the great cause before us. And those of you that are maybe right there but not quite there yet, I'm, I'm hoping this will tilt the scales where you will talk to me or Brother Jamie or my wife and we'll put you in just the right place. You know, we don't want to put a a square peg in a round hole or a round peg in a square hole. We're not talking about you stepping out and doing something where you're going to be miserable and ill-prepared uh, to serve. No, we want to put you in a place where, yeah, that sounds interesting. I can, I can do that. So let me give you some reasons. Number one, you should choose to follow Christ because, get this, you're following Christ. Does that make sense? You follow Christ because you're following Christ. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Now, who you follow is important. Years ago, when I was in junior high, seventh grade to be exact, during fourth hour, we would go to lunch. We would stand up, go outside the door in the hallway, line up in the line, teacher at the head of the line, and would walk the line down to the lunchroom. To get to the lunchroom, you walk down to the end of the hall and you took a left. One of the guys, for whatever reason in the seventh grade, decided when the class took a left, he would take a right and skip lunch. Why? I don't know. Just skip lunch. I thought that was cool. He had been doing it for weeks, never got caught. So that week, I thought, When he turns right, I'm turning right with him. What's the one time he got caught? (laughs) That day we got caught. It's important who you follow. And it's important who you don't follow. You do understand this, that every person in this room right now is, is, is following. You're being influenced. And it's really by one of three things. You're following the dictates of your flesh. This is what I want to do. You're following the dictates of the world. This is what the world says you ought to do. Just watch fashion. Just watch fashion, particularly of young girls. You know, one year it's this, one year it's that. Who's dictating how they dress? It's the world. And there are some people you are following either your flesh or you're following the world, or the dictates of 
Satan himself. I mean, you're following somebody. I'm encouraging you this morning, think about it. Think about who you're following. And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing to follow me, that is, Christ? I mean, really follow him. Not just sit in the bleachers on Sunday and watch, but to get involved. Charles Spurgeon said this, Because the flesh, the world, and Satan, these are cruel taskmasters. You follow them, you become slave to them. In fact, Spurgeon said it this way, He who will not obey Jesus or follow Jesus or serve Jesus obeys a tyrant master called Satan or worse still, himself. For, after all, the greatest tyrant to a man is his own sinful self. There is no slavery harder to endure than the despotism of evil habits when they have grown strong upon a man and fixed their chains upon his neck. Why should you get involved? Because when Jesus says follow, he says follow me. And following him is a good thing. In Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28, listen to what he says. Does this sound like a bad thing? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I know a lot of people that aren't serving the Lord, aren't following Jesus, and they appear to be anything but rested. It's a struggle to be a child of God and not live it. It's frustrating. It's hard. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. When I was a Christian school principal, I would have parents have a call for a meeting with me concerning their teenage son or daughter usually, and very distraught, very upset. And I would meet with them before the child would come in, and they would say, you know what the problem is? My, my son or daughter is a follower. They, they get in trouble because they're, they're, they're a follower. And, and I would tell them, you know what? The problem isn't really being a follower. The problem is who you're following. Can I hear an amen on that one? If you're following the honor student, that's a good thing. If you're following the juvenile delinquent, that's a bad thing. Again, we're all following. And you're either following your flesh, the world, or Satan. But it's in your best interest to follow Christ. I mean, to make a conscious decision that you're just not going to be a spectator in the stands. And we're grateful for spectators. But you're now ready to grow. You're ready to date to make to take the next step. A psalm you're all familiar with makes my point. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, this comes with following him. You follow the shepherd, okay? We're sheep. We're following the shepherd. That's a bad thing, isn't it? Well, I shall not want. Oh. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. 
he restoreth my soul. He's not the source of anxiety that I try, that I find when I'm not living for him and I'm exasperated. No, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I'm trying to encourage you to get off the proverbial couch. And the passage we're looking at this morning says you should follow Christ because you're following Christ. There is no better example. There's nobody that loves you more or cares for you more. You should be all in. But that's not all. Number two, you should choose to follow Christ because he is with you as you follow or as you serve. He's not going to send you out by yourself. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And look at what it says. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. I am with my servant. What a blessing to have the God of the universe personally with you. Right there, in reality, with you. You know, I joke with Brother Jamie a lot, like, like I did this morning, but I love Brother Jamie and I value him. He is gifted in the area of computers. I am anything but gifted in the area of computers. You know, we're a small-town country church here. We don't have an intercom system here in the offices. We just holler. And oftentimes, Brother Jamie! And he knows right then, pastor's got a computer problem. But because he's in the office, he comes in and he is quite quick to, to fix it. And I have commented to ask him. I have commented to him. I said, how do you know that? How do you know that's how that works? I mean, he didn't go to computer programming school. He's, he's just gifted in that area. And, and, and he is a blessing because he is here. And he is a huge blessing. I, I can't imagine what would happen, you know, if should the Lord move him on to a senior pastorate someday, which I hope and pray would be sooner rather than later. But, you know, that's a topic. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking about that. Because, like I say, he, he's very valuable. You know, how much more valuable to know that as you serve God, here in this one singular verse, he's going to be with you. Yeah, I'm asking you to get out of the stands and get down on the field, and it's scary down there. Well, yeah, but you got the coaches with you. He's right there with you. And and when you're with the Lord and you serve him, there's so many blessings. I just want to mention two. One, he gives you wisdom. Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Don't you want to be with him all the time? I mean, we're always having to make decisions. Concerning ourselves, concerning our children, concerning our spouses, concerning our future, concerning finances, concerning schooling, concerning who to marry and what have you. Why would you not want to be in the game with the Lord who says, everywhere you go, I'm going to be there, and you have the ultimate source of wisdom. But not only that, he gives you strength. Proverbs 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Why would you not want to be in the game? Why would you not want to take it to the next level, wherever you are in your spiritual growth? And people in this room are all over, you know, the charts. There are some people that have been saved and are extremely mature in the Lord, and there are some of you that have been not saved very long. You're babies in the Lord. 
and there's everywhere in between. You know, if he's going to be with you as you serve, why wouldn't you do that? I, I like this quote. They who know and appreciate Christ deem it the highest and purest happiness to be with him, to share his conflict, to hear his encouraging voice, to participate in the glory of his victory. You may be afraid to get involved because you're afraid of failure. Understood. But you're not going to fail when you have Christ and all that he has at your disposal with you. Hebrews 13.5 says it all. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, this is what I want you to hear, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And in serving the Lord, I think you have a special understanding of that. And then lastly, number three. Why should you get off the couch and into the game? You should choose to follow Christ because God will honor you. They sang the song this morning, I will honor God. Well, guess what? It goes both ways. He will honor you. It says it. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. How encouraging it is to be honored. When the president spoke to both houses of Congress the other night, they had the widow of the serviceman that was killed in that raid, Carrie Owens. And that was a heart-wrenching moment watching that that dear lady up there, the hus- her husband, William Ryan Owens, killed in the line of combat. And they were honoring her husband and really honoring her. And you could see how, if you saw it, how, how moved she was. And that's something she'll, she'll never forget the rest of her life. Well, understand, in serving the Lord and following him, he says he will honor you. I mean, for the Lord to impress upon your heart, well done, how encouraging is that? How uplifting is that? And we all need encouragement. We, we all need a good word. We all need a pat on the back. And if you're not serving the Lord, you're missing out on that. So it says, him will my father honor. Now, being the teacher that I am, with the teacher's background, my question is, well, what does that mean? How, how, how's the father going to honor you? It doesn't say specifically. How? But I read, I study. And in all of my readings of the Bible scholars, many of them believe that the way he honors his children is by providing them success. He gives them success. And you think about it in life, there's nothing sweeter than success. There's nothing more satisfying than success. And I'm talking about success in your stewardship, success in your marriage, success as you're thinking and you're living in holiness. That could very well be one of the ways he blesses you. And one of the reasons you may not be experiencing success in those areas is that he's not honoring you. And he's not honoring you because you're not in the game. The awards, you know, when they go to give out the awards for the Olympics, do they ever call? (laughs) I just thought of this. This is good. Do they ever call anybody down from the stands? Say, here, you get up here. We're going to give you the gold medal. No. You got to be in the game. Joshua 1.8, I love this verse. I preach on this verse. 
This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do, to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Charles Spurgeon told a little story. I'm going to just read it to you. And again, this was being preached back in the mid to late 1800s in London to a group of folks. Larger group of folks, but a group of folks. And this is how Spurgeon illustrated serving the Lord, following the Lord, the Lord being with you and you being honored. This is how he described it to his people. He says, we will suppose that the Prince of Wales is wrecked on a certain voyage and is cast on shore with only one companion. The prince falls into the hands of barbarians, and there is an opportunity for his companion to escape. But he says, no, my prince, I will stay with you to the last, and if we die, we will die together. The prince is thrown into a dungeon, His companion is in the prison with him and serves him and waits upon him. He is sick. It is a contagious fever. His companion nurses him, puts the cooling liquid to his mouth, and waits on him with a mother's care. He recovers a little. The fond attendant carries the young prince as he is getting better into the open air and tends him as a mother would her child. They are subject to deep poverty. They share their last uh, meal together. They are mocked as they go through the streets, and they are mocked at together. Spurgeon then says, at last, though, by some turn in providence, it is discovered where the prince is, and he is brought home. Then he asks the question, who is the man that the queen will delight to honor? I fancy she would look with greater affection upon the poor servant than upon the greatest statesman. And I think that as long as she lives, she would remember him above all the rest. I will honor him above all the mighty ones in the land, talking about the companion that stayed with the prince. And then he says, And now, if we shall be with Christ, the king's son, if we shall suffer with him and be reproached with him, if we shall follow him anywhere and everywhere, making no choice about the way, whether it shall be rough or smooth, smooth, if we can go with him to prison and to death, then we shall be the men whom heaven's king delighteth to honor. And he concludes with this. Make room for him, ye angels. Stand back, ye peers of heaven's realm. Here comes the man. He was poor, afflicted, but he was with my son and was like my son. Come hither, man. Take thy crown and sit upon uh, the crown of, of glory. For thou wast with my son 
in his shame. Spurgeon was making an appeal 150, almost 200 years ago. He was making an appeal to his congregation. People are people. They don't change. And no doubt that there were people in his congregation that hadn't grown to the point where they were ready to get in the game. And understandably, he was trying to encourage them to do that. And that's what I want to do for you this morning because it will benefit you. What's in it for you? A lot. Three things. Number one, you should choose to follow Christ because you're following Christ. If you're not careful, you're going to follow the world. Cruel taskmaster. You're going to follow your flesh. Oh, you can get in all kind of trouble doing that. Cruel taskmaster. Or you can follow Satan. No doubt. A cruel taskmaster. Or you can follow Christ. Number two, you should choose to follow Christ because he is with you as you serve. You step out on the field, he's there with you. You should choose to follow Christ because God will honor you. Let's make it really practical as we conclude. Commit today, if you haven't before, wholeheartedly to following Christ. You can follow him by just being in services, and you are following him by being here today. You can follow him by giving. You can follow him by finding a place of service. You can follow him by being a faithful witness. You can follow him by embracing a life of holiness. You can follow him by demonstrating to others the love of Christ. You can follow him by having a positive spirit around your family, around your co-workers here at church. You know, coming to church is wonderful. Serving God is wonderful. Working in the nursery is wonderful. Working with children is wonderful. This could be a life-changing day for you where the Lord uses the power of his word to overcome whatever resistance you might have to getting in the game. John 12, 26, one verse, but it is powerful because the word of God is powerful. This can break into your cold, crusty heart. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. How could you not help? But wherever you are in your Christian life right now, how could you not help but want to take it to the next level. That's going to be different for every person in this room. But the Word of God is powerful. And it can help you take it to the next level where you're no longer sitting there on the couch with the remote control watching the game. You're in the game. And again, and it was a pretty good thought, they're not going to call people out of the bleachers to give them a gold, silver, or a bronze. You can do it. And you won't ever regret getting in the game. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. 
You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.